Welcome everybody. It's lovely uh, for us all to be here uh, together to, to worship God, to hear what he has to say to us. Um, before we go any further though, I'd just like to say um, at the risk of embarrassing him that it's Dave Weaver's birthday today. Um, so, oh. <laughs> have a lovely day Dave the sun's certainly shining for you so as I said welcome to everybody whether you're here whether you're on zoom um, just I'd like to um, address perhaps the confusion over the food bank offerings um, I know that uh, at one point it was said that they would be brought up to the front the reason we haven't done that this morning is that we're concentrating on the BMS harvest appeal today and because next week we have our all-age harvest-themed uh, service, um, we thought about it and thought, well, we're not going to ask people to bring produce, but it might be nice if, if people could bring something for food bank. Um, and then when we discovered that that was, had already been said about today, we thought, well, we'll keep them um, and include it in the service next week and pray then for the, the work of uh, food bank next week, which means that uh, we can focus on uh, the BMS appeal today. So that's what we're doing. Uh, that's why we asked you to put the things in the box. Uh, the ones at the front were from the 9am service, which was held in here this morning. So there will be another opportunity for anybody who wants to bring anything for Food Bank next week, and we will pray for it then as part of our all-age service. Um, yeah, and that leads me on to, to mention the all, or to, to say a bit more about the all-age service. We've had one for uh, Christmas and we had one for Easter. So there'll be the usual opportunity for people to, to take part, to act things out. Um, so we're hoping to have as many um, visitors as possible. So if you know any, any families who would like to come along to that, do please invite them. Normal um, time next, next week. And uh, Kingdom Talks families have been uh, invited. Emerge uh, will already be here for a, a sleepover, so we're hoping that they'll join us too. Um, I say sleep <laughs> in the loosest form. <laughs> um, and then just one more notice. Oops, sorry, I've dropped your doodah. Um, yeah, and that's about Alpha, which starts on Tuesday at 7.30. And uh, Mark, I don't imagine it's too late to invite people, is it? No? Yeah. So, Right, yeah, so there will be plenty, plenty food. So if you haven't invited anybody yet and um, you, you're planning to, then you better get in there quick because it starts on Tuesday. But do just uh, bring them along. We'll be um, hearing later about prayer, about praying like Jesus. Um, and I, I thought it's good to acknowledge who it is that, or to whom we are praying. Um, we're praying to, to the Holy One, to the King of Kings, to the Lord of Lords, to the one who has given everything that, given us everything that we have. And we'll be uh, referring to that in one of our songs. We're taking up an offering for BMS. Um, but yet everything that we have does come from God. And as I say, we'll um, sing about that in, in a minute. But uh, yeah, let's just come together and bring our praises to the Holy One. Thank you. 
acknowledge him as, as we speak out words of, of praise and, and adoration to our Savior, our God, the King of all. Let's acknowledge him for who he is. sending Jesus into the world to save us. Thank you that you have poured out your Holy Spirit on all believers. And we ask again, Father, that you would pour out your Spirit on us today. We are hungry and thirsty, Lord, for an encounter with you, the Sovereign King. 
Lord, we don't want to live without you. We don't want to, we don't want to spend our lives without encountering your spirit. Lord, we are hungry and thirsty for more of you. Come among us in power today, Lord. Feed us. Help us to delight in you today. Help us to bow the knee and bring all that we are and have before you again today. Lord, we acknowledge that we are empty without you. We acknowledge that life is meaningless without you. And we thank you that there is fullness of life, Jesus, in you. And so it's our heart's delight, it's our joy to come and worship you, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords today. Thank you, Father, that you are sovereign over all the nations of the earth. Thank you that there is no God beside you. There is none like you. And if we were to try and count your thoughts, they would outnumber the grains of sand on a beach. Father, you are not like us. You are so much higher than us. And so we gladly bow the knee and say, you are the creator, the one who is from eternal to eternal, the one who is way beyond all we can imagine. And yet you came to us, God with us, Emmanuel, in your son, Jesus. And you live in us by your spirit. Lord, we're in awe and wonder that you should dwell in us. Thank you, Father, for your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Jehovah Jireh, mm. our provider. Amen. That you are the Prince of Peace. Mm. Yeah. That you are the Defender of the Faith. Thank you. That you are our Redeemer yeah. and our Savior. Thank you. All yeah. things to us. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. With all of our hearts. Mm. Lord, you are all that we have said, 
and thought and dreamt of and infinitely more. And we thank you, Lord, that we can't comprehend you. We thank you that you are just so vast, so awesome that our feeble minds just can't take it in. But we thank you for who you are, for your love for us and for what you've done for each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Martin, will you come and tell us about the EMS appeal? So we are, um, we are part of a global church, aren't we? Um, Jesus didn't say, go and make disciples in Surrey and leave it at that, or in the UK and leave it at that. No, this is what Jesus said to his uh, disciples in Matthew 28. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So we are involved in global mission. Um, Jesus said to his disciples, didn't he, to wait for the spirit and that they would be his witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria and to the, all the ends of the earth. And so when we are talking about and um, praying for giving to global mission, we are giving to um, the cause, the great commission that Jesus called us to, to make disciples of all nations. So we're not just doing this as a humanitarian exercise. This is in direct obedience to the great commission to go and make disciples of all nations. That's why we do global mission. Um, for those of you who are unaware, the Baptist Missionary Society, the BMS, are the um, missionary uh, wing, if you like, of the Baptist Union. And they are the ones who go into literally all the nations of the earth with the gospel. Um, and alongside that, um, they, uh, the mission, there is uh, sort of humanitarian projects. There is sort of um, agricultural support and help. There is education. There is um, doctors, nurses, teachers, all sorts of projects, but always with the aim of making disciples, of preaching the gospel. So... The appeal today is all about um, Nepal and the work of gospel mission there and the work of the BMS in Nepal and it's called Good Land. So we're going to watch uh, a short video about Nepal. Thank you. I really want to take veterinary training so that all my goats and buffalo will be healthy. We don't have proper knowledge on how to raise goats, and last year, 10 of my goats had diarrhea and died. My children are young now. One is six and one is four years old. In the future, I want them to be educated, to have a good profession, and to be able to stand on their own feet. 
I believe it will be good for my granddaughters if they study well. My sons dropped out of school when they were around 13 years old. As for my grandchildren, if they're able to study well, their future will be better. I would love to see women speak up when needed in the community. I would also love to see sources of water managed well, as a big problem in the community is drinking water. Well, the immediate thing I would love to see happen is a more child-friendly environment in our school and to have early childhood development training for our teachers. Children who are three years old are sent to this school and there is no proper educational material for them to learn and the furniture is lacking. So their early childhood development is hampered. In Brazil, there are more than 400 households and these households are divided into three hills and, and these hills are located in such a way that they have a scarcity of water, um, they don't have a proper sanitation facilities, the, the helpers are very far away, so they are marginalized in different ways. So as a whole, it's a very isolated community. I want my children to have a good future, to be educated, to be able to eat good food, be able to live in a good land, and to be happy. The people of Brazil are amazing. They are created and loved by God. They have the dreams to make life better for the whole village. With the help of BMS World Mission, we have spent time with this community and know their struggle, their hopes, their dreams, and their plans. Now, with your help, we want to work with this community to make their dreams reality. We have done in other communities and we can do it again. We have planned to improve health, education, livelihood and social justice in this community. We believe Jesus wants us to be his hands and feet in this village, helping to bring abundant life. And we need you to make it happen. My dream for our community is that every household has good access to water, that every household engaged in animal husbandry has improved cattle sheds, and as for the children here, that they get good quality education from the community school. This is my dream for my community. Together we can empower the people of Gusel to achieve their dreams. Together we can transform this village. Will you help us? So there's uh, a prayer that I'm going to use from the BMS to pray for Amos, who you saw on the screen there, and the BMS team working in uh, Gusel village in Nepal. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the people of Gusel Village. 
We thank you that each and every one of them is fearfully and wonderfully made by you. We thank you for the privilege of hearing their stories. And we thank you for their hopes and dreams, dreams that we can relate to, even though we're separated by thousands of miles. Father God, please bless Amos and the team BMS World Mission supports in Nepal as they walk with the people of Gusel. May their light shine in the community and bring transformation. We pray for sustainable, flourishing livelihoods. We pray for good health for every person in Gusil. And we pray that each child in the community will have the opportunity of a great education. Father God, we ask for abundant life for the people of Gusil. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when you came in, you should have uh, received uh, an envelope, a BMS gift envelope. You can, you can hand that in today. There's a plate at the back. You may have already um, contributed, but if not, you can hand that in at the end um, using the plate on the table. But we'll keep the appeal open for two or three weeks. So if you want to bring your offering next week or the week after, you can still give. And if you're a taxpayer, if you can fill out the gift aid um, on the back, um, BMS will be able to recover uh, tax on, on the gifts that, that you make. So please, please prayerfully and with generosity give so that God's mission can go forward in Nepal. Thank you, Alison. Uh, on the subject of the envelopes, I know from experience um, in previous years, some people fill out all the information about gift aid and actually just forget to tick the little box that says, yes, I want you to claim it. So if you are um, able to... Uh, you know, gifted, please remember to tick that little box. <laughs> Otherwise, Paul will have to come and find you, see whether you really wanted to. <laughs> it's time now for the, the younger in age of our, um, of our congregation to leave us. So we do pray that you'll have a wonderful time. Lord, we do thank you for them. Thank you for their leaders. Thank you for the program that, uh, or the material that's been pray, uh, prepared. And we, we pray that they'll feel your presence with them as they learn more about you. Do we have the regular offering? I'll pray for the offering and then do feel free to, to bring prayers of, of intercession before God. We thank you, Lord. As we sang at the beginning, everything we have comes from you. And as we heard the other week, that, that, that includes our, our talents, our, our ability to earn money. Everything, Lord, is a gift from you. And we want to acknowledge that. We want to thank you for your gifts. And we ask, Lord, that uh, even in these difficult times, Lord, you will just prompt us to, to give what you are calling us to give towards your work. And we do want it to be your work, not ours, Lord. It's not for our purposes, not for projects that we think are a good idea. Lord, we want every penny that comes into the, the church accounts to be used for you and for your glory. Amen. And now, Lord, we, we bring before you prayers for those who need 
your touch on their lives. The encounters we have with people. Yes. Father, we ask that your Holy Spirit will rest upon them, stir them into action, to know and to follow you. In your name we pray. Amen. Lord, we do this uh, Joan and Brian Fresnel before you. Lord, we know that they are struggling uh, at home. But Lord, we do pray that. Uh, you would guide them and Sally and the family towards the extra help uh, and care and support that they need through agencies. So Lord, just uh, be with and guide uh, the family, give them wisdom to know who to contact, to know where to access uh, that support, that they would uh, have the access to the care that they need. And so Lord, we pray your blessing and help for them today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we lift uh, Katie's mum, Marion, to you again. Yeah. Um, she's in hospital. Lord, we just pray that uh, you'll equip the doctors to discover what's wrong. And uh, just pour out your blessing upon the whole family as though, you know, they're naturally concerned about what's wrong. So, Lord, we lift this whole situation to you. Yeah. Ask for your presence and your healing power. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. Tuesday before you. Lord, we thank you that we were able to invite a number of people yesterday at the barbecue, and we pray, Lord, that they would come. We pray, Lord, for a really blessed time on Tuesday. Pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be at work uh, opening eyes and hearts and ears to see and understand more of who Jesus is and what he did. And that, Holy Spirit, you would be at work in the lives of people drawing them to know and to love and to serve Jesus Christ. And Lord, maybe there are some who are sort of wondering whether to come. We pray, Holy Spirit, that you just prompt them, nudge them, remind them, and draw them on Tuesday night, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Not going away. Mm -hmm. uh, they have got some way forward, but uh, 
while there, there's still this threat from Russia. And uh, we, you're a God of truth. You're a God of justice. And we just pray, Father, for justice for that nation that's been, uh, been savaged so much over, over these past uh, months. We just pray that we may see justice coming about. You, you will bring about that about. And uh, you will bring uh, the, the plans of, of Putin to nothing. Father, will you just uh, um, stand in the way? You are a God of the truth, a God of justice, and we just want to see that come about in, in your name and uh, to, your, um, uh, to your praise and, and glory. Father, we acknowledge that the disciples asked Jesus not about how to heal, not how to talk, but how to pray. And Father, we thank you that the church here have access to Prince Greg's How to Pray course. Father, we pray that through this course, you'll help us in our prayer life as a body, as individuals, we pray for each other and pray for the work and we pray to you to adore you so bring glory to your name we pray and father we, i pray for people of the church that have not been able to log in yet or to be part of that you will make it possible for them to join different groups to come on board that their life, their prayer life, like ours, will be will grow and be encouraged. In your name, we pray. Amen. Father, we thank you that you are a God who can and does do more than we can ask or, or even imagine. We thank you that you have heard and listened to every single prayer that, that is ever offered, not just here this morning. We thank you for that gift. We thank you just how amazing it is that you care about the things that affect us. We thank you for answered prayer, even if it's not in the timing that we expect or the answer that we expect. You never let it go unanswered. We thank you for that. Amen. I think um, the groups have already started the, the prayer course that Mike referred to there. But as far as Sundays are concerned, this is our, our first, first week in a new series on prayer. And the passage that Martin is going to be unpacking for us this morning is from Matthew chapter five, sorry, chapter six, verse five. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room Close the door 
and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Father, we thank you for those wonderful words. We thank you for um, the preparation that Martin has put in, um, listening to you to discern what you want us to hear this morning. And Father, I pray for receptive ears and hearts and minds, um, receptive to your word and to what it is you want us to do about it. Amen. Thanks, Alison. A um, little bit different this morning. Obviously, we're, we're still working next door in the, uh, in the lounge. You're welcome at the end of the service to go and have a look at the, uh, the work. The, the paint is dry, so um, it's just a, uh, a little bit of um, gloss to go on. But um, we are having, we're having coffee in here at the end of the service at the back there. Um, but if you'd like prayer, um, Please, um, please go through into the lounge, um, into the newly painted lounge. There are some seats that I've put in there, and you can enjoy the new environment as, as we pray together. So uh, prayer will be offered next door today. So um, praying like Jesus. Um, I'm part of uh, two groups now, um, part of the young adults group, and I'm part of another home group. So I've kind of like some of you, I get to do the material twice in the prayer course, which is always great. Um, but listening to, pr listening to feedback on the prayer course, it seems there are a number of common struggles that people have with prayer. In other words, we all struggle with prayer, don't we? Um, first problem, prayer can become too formal. Um, it can become a kind of ritualistic cold and mechanical exercise. We just kind of recite the same old prayers. That's one struggle. Second, in personal prayer, it seems many struggle to keep concentration. Um, our minds wander so easily, don't they, onto all of the other things that we've got on our list to do that day. Our minds wander. Just sitting still or taking time to pray seems a very countercultural thing to do, doesn't it? We live in a busy, busy world of doing, and about, it's about what we achieve, what we produce, the results. Prayer seems, on the surface, to be a royal waste of time. But according to Scripture, it is the most productive and fruitful activity, this side of heaven, that we can be engaged in. It's just that our culture tells us that we always have to be doing to be achieving something. Whereas scripture says we should spend more time in prayer and then do from that place of prayer. Do you remember the story of Mary and Martha? Jesus says, thank you. <laughs> Mary, he says, you've chosen the better thing. It wasn't that the catering wasn't important. But sitting at the feet of Jesus in prayer must always come first. Our culture tells us to be busy, to keep doing, to keep producing, to get the results. 
But Jesus says, sit at my feet, spend time in my presence, work from a place of prayer, right? The other problem people have in prayer is praying out loud in public because it seems that everybody else is an expert but me, right? Um, so we don't pray. We go, I can't pray like them, so I'm not going to pray. As if it's a kind of competition. <laughs> when has prayer ever been a competition? This is a relationship, isn't it? A lot of this boils down to how we see prayer. If we see prayer as a kind of competition to try and pray like somebody else, we're never going to pray. But if we see prayer as a relationship, we will have a go, won't we? Even if we stumble a bit and make mistakes. I think this is one of the, this, uh, what I've always loved about this church, there are many things I love about this church, but nobody, Nobody will ever criticize you if you stumble a bit in prayer. No one. I think it's fair to say in this church, people just love to hear people praying. You know? Wonderful. Sometimes the, the most simple stumbling prayers are the best prayers. Because they come from the heart, don't they? If you see prayer as a two-way communication between us and the loving God, you will have a go even if you make a few mistakes and stumble and can't get the words out. Because that's what we do in relationships, isn't it? Our words don't always come out right, do they? In, with our friends, husbands, wives, children. We make mistakes. God is our loving Father. He knows what we mean even when the words won't come out, right? He knows what's on our minds before we even say it. So why are we so afraid of making a mistake? Good communication doesn't have to be complicated with long words, does it? I remember when our children were very small, they didn't have a very big vocabulary. But you just knew what they wanted from their body language, particularly Sam. When he was hungry, everybody knew that he was hungry, right? You can read the face. You can read the body language. You even get as parents to know what type of cry means what after a while. We, as Christians, are adopted children of our loving Father. He can read our faces, read our body language. He knows what's on our hearts. So we don't have to be too sophisticated because he knows what we're thinking anyway. So just communicate. Be real, open, honest in your communication. Now, this doesn't mean that your prayer life won't grow and mature over time. Of course it will, just as language in children matures and grows and develops but we have to start somewhere don't we have a go mother teresa of calcutta said prayer is simply talking to god he speaks to us we listen we speak to him he listens 
So it's a two-way communication, speaking and listen. Um, somebody said to me recently, how can I hear God, though, in prayer? I can speak to God, but how do I hear him? And we, pri- I haven't got one here, have I, a Bible? We primarily, thank you, if you want to hear God speak to you, this is how you hear God speak to you primarily. Now, we know God can speak to us with a still small voice. God can bring us a picture. He can speak to us in lots of ways. But the primary way, day by day, that God speaks to you is through the Bible. So we respond in prayer to God speaking to us through Scripture. So that is why prayer and scripture reading go together, right? You ask God to speak to you by his Holy Spirit as you read his word every day, and he will speak to you personally. This is a love letter from God to you personally. And God wants to speak to you, and he wants you to respond to this love letter to you personally. Uh, apparently 90% of the British population pray in some form or other, 90%. Now that includes all faiths and none. Nine out of 10 people pray. Um, A father-in-law once professed that he prays. Even though he's not a Christian, he still prays, which I find fascinating. You wonder who he's praying to, but he prays. There's something instinctively or implicitly in us that reaches out beyond ourselves for help, right? But are we really communicating with God or is it a kind of ritual? Are we just reciting words? It's what God wants from us is a two-way communication, a personal relationship. That's what he wants, not just speaking out prayers. Um, Jonathan Aitken, the former cabinet minister, came to faith in prison on an alpha course. And um, this is how he describes prayer before he was a Christian. Quote, I spoke to him, God, politely, visited his premises intermittently, Occasionally asked him for a small favor or an overdraft to get myself out of difficulty. Thanked him condescendingly for his assistance. Kept up the appearance of being one of his reasonably reliable customers. And maintained superficial contact with him on the grounds that one of these days he might come in useful. In other words, Jonathan Aitken treated God like a bank manager. And then he came to know Christ and he started speaking to God as a friend. He started listening to God in his word and responding in prayer. You wanna learn how to pray? Um, Jesus is the best model, he's the son of God, and if anybody's gonna be able to teach us, it'll be Jesus, right? So I'm happy to sit under Jesus' uh, ministry on this. So first, we examine our priorities. Jesus didn't say, if you pray, did he? He said, when you pray. Um, And yet, 
we've turned a when into an if. Did you know that only about 27% of UK Christians regularly take time each day to pray and read the word? Did you know that? 27% of Christians in the UK spend regular time in prayer and studying the word of God. That's, that's terrible. So we've turned a when into an if, haven't we? We've got a nation of Christians who don't spend time with God in prayer and reading his word. How are we going to develop the relationship if we don't listen and speak and communicate? Help us, Lord, as a nation. No wonder the church is languishing. Three times Jesus says in three verses, when you pray. Three times. The Jewish people prayed regularly. So the disciples would have already been in a pattern of prayer. Twice a day they recited a prayer called the Shema. And three times a day they prayed the Tefillah, a series of blessings upon God's people. And Jesus expected that his disciples would pray daily. The Lord's Prayer. Give us our... Sorry? Daily bread. Give us our daily bread. He expects us to be praying every day. In the Gospels, there are many descriptions of Jesus withdrawing from the busyness of life to pray. To, he withdraws from the crowds. Luke says he often withdrew and went to a quiet place to pray. Jesus did not start with emails at the beginning of the day. He started with prayer. Right? Why do we rush into the activities of the day without listening to God? But we do. The first priority of the day is prayer. Uh, Mark has used this illustration um, before, but it's a good one. You know, the, the jar with pebbles and sand and medium-sized stones. If you, if you try and get all of those things into one jar without doing it in a particular order, hey, what happens? You can't fit it all in, right? So if you put the sand in first, then you drop the stones in, then you drop the pebbles, you, you'll hardly get any of the stones in or the pebbles. In other words, you need to put the big pebbles in first. And then the sand and the stones will fit in the spaces between the stones and the pebble. And you'll get it all in. Trouble is, we put the sand in first to the day, don't we? And then we wonder why the day doesn't go too well. We should be putting the pebbles of prayer in first. And all the other things, the sand and the stones, will fit in between the gaps. Everything else will fit in. That's how we were created to be. People of prayer, first and foremost. We need to get our priorities right. Second, we're to enjoy the privilege of prayer. There is a reward for prayer. It's good to know, isn't it? Uh, it's not all hard work. Prayer is hard work sometimes, I'll be honest. It's a struggle. Don't always feel like praying. Anybody else? Yeah? 
you know? But the rewards are huge. Um, I'm, not a, I'm not a runner, but I do like to walk. I like exercise because I always get a bit of a buzz from exercise. Anybody else? There are rewards to exercise, whether you cycle or run or walk. It gets the endorphins flowing, doesn't it? It makes you feel better. The fresh air, it energizes you. And it's the same with prayer. We don't always feel like going for a run or a walk or a bike ride or doing exercise. We just can't be bothered. But when we do it, there are benefits. Um, Jesus says, your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. You will get peace from prayer. As you place every detail of your life in his hands, he will give you peace. He will fill you with the Holy Spirit. Rather than going round and round into spirals of anxiety and worry, when we bring our worries to, to Jesus and lay them down, he gives us peace. If you're a worrier, give it over to Jesus. Hand it to him in prayer. Three things, very, very quickly, that Jesus teaches us about prayer. First, keep it real. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. They love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. I'll tell you the truth, they have received their reward in full. Now, Jesus is not saying uh, private prayer is better than public prayer. That's not what he's doing. He's not saying, um, he's not criticizing praying out loud or corporate prayer in church. In fact, there are more references to public corporate prayer in church than there are for private prayer. Jesus is simply warning us against praying out loud for the wrong reasons. We can pray out loud trying to teach somebody something, right? We've got an agenda. And we want somebody in the room to be taught something, to be corrected. That's not good in prayer, is it? You know, I need to correct this person. Lord, you know, we don't name them, but we, our prayer is clearly directed at them. That's never good. That's what private conversation, that's what speaking the truth in love is supposed to do, isn't it? Not a, not a prayer. Or we try and impress people with our spirituality. You know, some people have special prayer voices, don't they? Why? <laughs> uh, why? I don't know. Just, just speak. Be yourself. I have a loud voice anyway, so I'm, I'm loud in my prayers. I'm loud when I speak. I sometimes get told off in restaurants for being too loud when I speak. It's just the way I am. But don't pretend. Don't try and impress others. Just be yourself and speak to the Lord. Um, I think the other thing about this is don't be dishonest with God. Right? Earlier, I'll be honest with you. Let, let me let you into uh, a little secret. Earlier in the week... I just, it was just one of those Tuesdays because of the Queen's thing on the Monday, right? Didn't have a Monday morning thing. It was a Tuesday morning thing this week. Uh, just one of those days. I just felt completely overwhelmed with a load of things that were going on. 
partly in our, our own personal lives as a family, but also there was a whole load of things just rolled in at the same time. And you know, anybody ever been in that place where you think, I don't know where to start here? <laughs> anybody? You, you just kind of feel overwhelmed, burdened. You don't, know what, you don't even know how to pray. Well, that was me Tuesday morning. So I started to pray a kind of polite, courteous English type of prayer to the Lord. Lord, I thank you for the glorious sunshine today. You are a great and wonderful Lord. You know, all this sort of stuff. And do you know what I heard God say to me? He said, stop pretending. Stop being a hypocrite. You're wearing a mask. Tell me how you're feeling. Right? And the Lord said to me very clearly, I want you to read a psalm and pray a psalm. Stop your pious nonsense and read a psalm. So I got hold of a, a, a Bible study book off the shelf and I looked up the prayer, whatever the date of, of the, was of that day, and I looked up the psalm and it was Psalm 71. And here's what I read. In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. Be my rock of refuge to which I can always go. Give the command to save me, for you are my rock and my fortress. Now I was praying, right? That's a prayer. That's a real prayer. That's, Lord, I'm sinking, but you're the rock, you're the fortress. Help! But sometimes our prayers are so religious and we wear a mask with God and he says stop pretending stop right there bring me who you really are sometimes when we come to pray we are overwhelmed we are anxious we are fearful you know the Lord already knows that you're not telling him anything he doesn't know why do you think the psalmist says Lord why have you forsaken me Do not cast me out of your presence because he's being real and emotionally honest in the presence of God. Do you know why? Because God can take it. God knows anyway. God wants us to pour out our hearts, our struggles, our doubts, our fears. Because do you know what happens when we do that? He meets us right there. When we're at the end of the rope, do you know who's at the end of the rope with us? Jesus Christ. He lifted me out of the miry pit. He set my feet upon a rock. Stop pretending. Start praying. Your emotions, if you feel downcast, tell the Lord that you feel downcast. David prayed in Psalm 42 and 3, why are you so downcast, O my soul? Speaking to his own soul. Put your trust in God. This is real prayer, isn't it? Let's get real. Second, keep it quiet. By this, I don't mean whispering in prayer. I mean a quiet place. Find a quiet place. I'm really lucky because I have this room here to go to. I'm really fortunate. I can go in here and I can sit and I'm at the back of the building. And apart from the occasional Amazon delivery, it's quiet back here, right? It's great. Try and find a quiet place. Jesus says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. 
and your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Jesus went to the mountains to pray. He got to a place where there weren't people because he didn't want noise and distraction. Um, sometimes we say, I haven't got a quiet place to pray. Well, before you jump too quickly to that conclusion, just listen to John Wesley's wife's story, all right? Would you, just for a moment? Susanna Wesley, the, the uh, wife of John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, she had 19 children, no word of a lie. When she wanted to spend time with God, she had a unique way of finding her quiet place. She would sit down in the kitchen and pull her apron over her head. And that was a signal to the children that she was to be left alone for a few minutes while she read God's word and prayed. So compared to Susanna Wesley, you've got a quiet place, all right? Sorry, mic drop moment. To go to your room is a metaphorical way of saying, get away from potential admirers and distractions, right? Find a place where you're not going to be distracted and there won't be anybody who's tuning in, listening into your prayers. Get out of the way. Find somewhere quiet. And God promises he will make his presence known to us. Psalm 16, you will fill me with joy in your presence. Wow. If we come near to God in prayer, he will come near to us. Third and lastly, keep it simple. Um, when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Um, the pagans didn't pray just to one God. They had a, a God for all of nature, every animal, every tree, every plant. And they kind of addressed them all by name, just in case they missed one out. And what mattered, they thought, was the correct repetition. Um, and Jesus says, no, none of that nonsense. You have one Father who loves you in heaven. Keep it simple. Don't repeat phrases over and over again in a sort of ritualistic way or a sort of magical incantation. You see, the pagans had a mathematical notion of prayer. They believed that the longer they prayed, the more they repeated the same phrase, that the more God would be heard or God, the more God would hear them. Jesus said it's not the length of prayer that counts, it's the sincerity. You know, the Lord's Prayer is only 57 words. That's not a long prayer, is it? So it's not length, it's sincerity. You can pray the Lord's Prayer in less than 30 seconds. It's not length, it's sincerity. Jesus was not against repetition in prayer. Um, I, I use um, repeti repetitious prayers all the time, actually. I like a bit of liturgy. Um, I have uh, another side of me. I use daily office sometimes. Um, so I do use uh, rote prayers, set prayers sometimes. But he's, he's against the kind of mindless repetition of phrases and liturgy just because we think that by the, the amount of repetition and length, we'll get God to answer us. But Jesus does teach us to be persistent in prayer, doesn't he? 
to go on asking, to go on seeking, to go on knocking. Keep knocking, keep asking, keep seeking. And this is hard to do because in prayer meetings, sometimes we feel, well, we prayed for that last week. We can't pray for it again. It's getting a bit boring. Yes, you can. Jesus says, until it's answered, you're to go on knocking, go on asking, go on seeking. Right? Prayer doesn't have to be new and novel. It just has to be persistent and sincere. Jesus says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. The wonder of it is he gives us the privilege of being involved in prayer and in seeing prayers answered. That's the joy of prayer, isn't it? It's a partnership. We get to play. We get to be involved in the kingdom coming through our prayers. Isn't that wonderful? I love how Eugene, um, Eugene Simps Peterson has written a paraphrase, which is not a, 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 an official Bible translation. It's a paraphrase. So use the message with caution. But sometimes he has a way of phrasing things which are really helpful. And in this particular passage, um, this is what he says. In, this is his paraphrase in the message of Matthew 6. I love this. He says this. And when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production either. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for 15 minutes of fame. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you are dealing with and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply. I think that's really helpful. Let's pray. Lord, thank you, Jesus, that you taught us to keep it real, keep it quiet, and keep it simple. Lord, forgive us when we've turned prayer into something that's so complicated, when we've made it into a kind of competition. Lord, when we've been too distracted to pray. Forgive us, Lord, when we've got the wrong priorities. We rush into work in the day without praying first. Lord, forgive us. Have mercy on us. Jesus, help us to keep our prayer real. Help us to keep it quiet and help us to keep it simple. But Lord, help us to grow in our prayer lives. Our heart's desire, Lord, is to encounter you through prayer. So Lord, give us a hunger and a thirst today for prayer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, a number of you, I'm sure, would really, really value prayer. You're facing um, difficult circumstances and you'd really value uh, somebody just coming alongside you and praying with you. And uh, I'm, I'm going to invite the prayer team to make their way in a moment at the end of the service into the lounge so that there, if there's anybody who would like a quieter place to pray, please, please come through into the lounge. There are seats there. Um, I would love to pray with some of you, and I know the prayer team would too.
So please do make your way um, into the lounge next door um, where there's a quieter place you can pray. But coffee uh, will be served in here. Thank you, Alice. As Martin said, we don't always find it easy to, to pray. And before we, we have our closing song, I'd just like to share something with you. Um, it's something that was written a long time, well, quite a long time ago, um, by Wendy Burgo. And uh, a number of you will remember that uh, Wendy, along with her husband, Terry, were um, very well known in Christian ministry. I cut this out of a magazine many years ago. Um, and she was describing the struggle that she had to find time to pray because she had young children, you know, babies, toddlers, um, and she was often exhausted. She wanted to pray. Um, she felt she ought to, but it was more than that. She, she missed having a time with God, and, and she needed that time. And she actually says the trouble is that prayerlessness breeds a sense of distance from God and then we're vulnerable to the arrows of guilt and condemnation that the enemy hurls at us. So when the opportunity finally comes, we find it very hard to approach the Lord freely and joyfully. And she talks about the fact that God understands exhausted people. And, um, but I just wondered whether there might be people among us um, we have times when we know that our prayer life isn't what it should be, and we then start feeling guilty, and we start feeling embarrassed, perhaps, to approach God, and we think, maybe, you know, I've forfeited that privilege of being able to come because I treat him like that bank manager, and, you know, I only ever ask him for things. I'm not spending time with him. Just listen to something that happened to, to Wendy Virgo. She said, a day did arrive when I could snatch half an hour to pray. As I mounted the stairs, I mentally composed an explanation to give to God for my lack of prayer. I knelt down, shut my eyes, and opened my mouth. But I was silenced because I suddenly saw a very large, heavy door that was slightly ajar. Timidly, I peeped round it into a long throne room. The king was seated on the throne at the other end, waiting. His eye must have caught the slight movement of the door and my nervous face peeping round it. He didn't wait for me to sidle in and start the long, embarrassing walk towards him, mumbling apologies. No, he leapt off the throne and ran towards me, arms outstretched in welcome. Oh, there you are, he shouted joyfully. I've missed you. I spent the next half hour lost in worship at his feet. And yeah, as I say, if there is anybody who's feeling the, the way I described, I just pray that that would be your experience too. He's, he's missed us, he's missed you, and he wants you to be spend time with him. And we're going to sing our closing song now, that to be in your presence, to sit at your feet. To be in your presence, to sit at your feet, where your love 
of spending time with you we thank you that you know everything about us already you know what we need as we've said before you know the struggles you know our busy lives but Lord we need to spend time with you yes. we need that otherwise as, as uh, I've read out we we become distanced from you and that is so unhelpful so damaging to us Lord, if we do lose that thirst and that hunger to, to feed on your word, to be with you, then Holy Spirit, would you fan it into flame again? Would you restore that desire to come into your presence in prayer, in reading your word, that desire not to rush away? Um, there's a, an old poem that talks about we haven't got time not to pray. Um, Lord, I just pray that uh, you would enable us to come before you in quiet and spend time with you. And let's, uh, let's finish with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Amen.